0: welcome to the time is now i am your host michael stafford it is tuesday april the 6th and in this week baseball is back and shohei atani is putting the league on notice pandemic p is back at it again and not pg-13 but first march madness is over were you entertained we got a lot to cover this week so sit back relax and i'll see you on the other side All right, let's get it in. Let's talk March Madness, March Madness. NCAA basketball season is over, and man, we ha- it was so exciting. One of the most exciting NCAA tournaments I've seen in recent history. Let's start it off with the women's Sunday night. Sunday night, it was Arizona versus Stanford, and um, it was a great game. Arizona had a nice lead in midway through the game, but Stanford, I mean, Arizona made a comeback, but Stanford, just too much for them, edging them out. 54 to 53 two weeks or two games in a row where Stanford wins by one point and having the last shot given up by the other team. This time they had the the senior sensation, Aria, Aria McDonald, who put up 22 points, but she shot a very low percentage as Arizona as a whole shot for only 28% and Stanford shot for 42%. And it came down to the last shot as, as Arizona forced a turnover by Stanford. And then they come down and draw up a play from Miss McDonald, the pint-sized Minnie Mouse, five foot four sensation, got so much swagger, can't wait till she get to the WNBA. But they gave her the ball. They had a player, her, force her to her right. Then they had to the help come on the left. And as she did a spin away, they had someone else come on the right. Now this is the problem I have with the play. No one was moving. They left her on the island by herself, where she had three players in front of her. She only has so much time. So she had have fade away. She couldn't find the one even to pass the ball to. It was crazy. When this little bit of basketball, when you see your player, the first part of it was there was bad spacing on the inbounds. The other player should have cut down or stayed where she was and she forced right the player who the third player who came over towards her, that player should have followed behind and cut behind that player to get the pass and an easy layup or an easy 10-foot jumper. It never happened. They just sat back and waited and hoped that she was going to save them again. And that's how it went down. They they rode her to the finals, and it cost them in the end. So that's how it went down. And the women's that game was over, 53 to 54. I felt so bad for those Arizona Wildcats. The Arizona Wildcats went down to Stanford. Stanford just edged them out, and it was such a such a thrilling matchup, such a thrilling matchup. But the disparity was free throws. Arizona had 72% from free throw line, shot 18 free throws, with Stanford only shot two free throws. They outshot them percentage-wise in the game. They out-rebounded them at a huge margin, and it was just a crazy game. So, so many different things. Stanford had a lot of turnovers, as Arizona had a lot of steals, but they still shot up for his horrible rate. Their defensive setup was on point, but then they just couldn't execute offensively, and it came down to the end. What a nail-biter. That was Stanford's first championship, I think, since 1992. And just impressive, impressive matchup. Now, to the men's game last night. Wow. Baylor jumped on them early. I mean, it was pretty much over early. They, Gonzaga did fight back, but Baylor won both halves. The first half by 10, the second half by six, they went 86 to 70. They routed Gonzaga, the game was over. The Baylor was just too strong. Gonzaga honestly shouldn't have been there. As I don't believe Stanford really should have been there, but Gonzaga shouldn't have been there. UCLA played very well, but as you see how Baylor is playing, how they beat up on Houston, and how they beat up on the Zags, the only undefeated team, Messing up their hopeful chances of being undefeated the whole way through. My goodness. Jared Butler doing his thing. Putting in work. Showing how he's going to probably be a lottery pick. These guys shot 89% from the free throw line. They shot 45, 43.5% from three. Yes, Zags did their thing. They shot 51% from the field because they was getting those points in the paint. But that's it. Baylor out-rebounding them. They got They got 16 offensive boards. They got more assists more blocks more steals they dominated they barely even turned over the ball into the second half these guys were beasting it was just too much all jumping they, they were playing like four guards out there just too much speed on the defensive end it was in to watch their domination Gonzaga was beating up on people the whole dance until the final four when UCLA went tit for tat with them and I'm sure Baylor watched what happened and said oh we're like a better UCLA you know, and then the things UCLA, they, that's their pace of game was different. Baylor's, they're going to push it. They got guys breaking off the dribble. Then they can hit the three. <laughs> Nobody was beating Baylor. Nobody was going to beat Baylor. Baylor came with it, and that's how that went down. It was something to see. One of the best March Madnesses I can remember in a long time. It was really, really great. It kind of almost makes up for last season how we were unable to get. Any March Madness. I felt bad for those players, especially UNESCO on the in, in in the women's basketball. And I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about that. In the women's tournament, even though we had the disparity in the beginning, how the different weight rooms and things of that nature, how that went down, it still continued to go. Now finally, you got some great marketing. The the, the women's game was on on prime time on a major network ESPN the entire time. So now people got a chance to actually watch it. The fans weren't really there like they usually are, but they usually pack it out. You just got to put eyes on them. And the games are comparable. I keep telling you that. Yes, this championship game, Baylor was jumping through the gym. But for the most part, it's a ton of layups in college basketball. And the women's game is very similar. The way the guys from Baylor was breaking down the defense, the women's game is like that all the time. The only problem with the uh, NCAA women's basketball was that you always had a powerhouse. You always had you, kind of before then you had Tennessee. And it's boring for a lot of people because they already know who's gonna win. That's kind of how basketball is in general. But in the WNBA, there's a lot of parity. I'm gonna keep pushing that because I'm a big advocate for the WNBA. A lot of people don't watch it because they're just uneducated. You go to the game, the atmosphere is awesome. And if you pack it out, it's gonna be just like the NCAA, but better. You have all the top players the ncaa playing there that's like saying people say college basketball for women is better than the wba you're just ignorant that's like saying college basketball for men is better than the nba now the march madness is better because it's a one and done It's similar to football so it's exciting because anyone can lose but at the end of the day you can't compare it's a great sport i wish more people will watch it now moving on to the baseball opening opening tip-off it was great well, I should say it was great. There's a lot of unexpected things. The power rankings, the Dodgers starting off pretty slow. Um, the Yankees are starting off pretty slow as well. But the Tigers, um, you know, they they just looked horrible as well. So the games, you know, most people only played three to four games so far. is re- re- rarely starting off. But what I want to talk about is what happened against the Astros and the Angels. That was hilarious. Um, how they turned off the lights. They were they were, they were were egging them on the whole time, just throwing, um, blowing up trash cans on the field. It was great. They were down early, and they came back and won the game. I, I liked how um, Shohei Atani, who threw a, a 102 miles per hour fastball, then later on the, in that same inning hits a, hits a ball off the park, 400 feet, 115 miles an hour. That hasn't happened since I can't remember. I think 1973. When was that? When did it happen? Yeah, since 1973 is the first time it's ever happened. This guy's a modern day Babe Ruth. Not the Babe Ruth played 1973. My point is. When's the last time you can remember a pitcher being just as good as a hitter? And we thought because he had the surgery the other year that this is going to be the big setback. Angels may be tough with him. You got Trout who finally got a home run. They might have to start putting them on national TV because baseball this year is going to be very interesting. I still think my Dodgers are the favorites to win it all. In the power rankings, I got Dodgers number one. I got Houston Astros number two, and the Padres right there. I know their guy, Tatis, just got hurt. So we'll see what happens there. Um, I got the Blue Jays fourth and the Mets. The Mets are going to be interesting. We'll see how this is going to train out. It's got a, we got a long way to go. They're going to play 162 games. So hopefully we're all entertained. We're all entertained. We got something to watch later on this spring. So what did you guys think about the baseball this week? I don't know. Let me know. Okay, so what we're going to do right now, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about all the different things that's going on in the NBA. We're going to have the top picks from last week, and we're going to talk about the different things and the playing seeds for the playoffs. So we're take a short break. This is The Time Is Now. This show is brought to you by Pure Diamond Auto, With Pure Diamond Auto, they take the dirt out of the car business and make it pure. Pure Diamond Auto has a team of former finance and sales managers who can guide you through all the tricks of the trade. Go to www.purediamondautola.com today and use promo code TIME for a free consultation. That's promo code TIME. That's purediamondautola.com. What can I say? I love PDA. All right, you know what time it is. It's my favorite part of the show. It's the happy birthday, so let's go. We have Nerlis Noel turning 27, and Full House's Own, Candace Cameron turning 45, and Todd Christie turning 52, and Jackie Chan turning 67. And we have the gladiator himself, Russell Crowe turning 57, and Dej Lowe turning 30, and Triple G, Gennady Golovkin, turning 39, and he's fast and furious. Sun Kang turning 49, and his old town road self himself, Lil Nas X turning 22, and the EST of the WWE, Bianca Belair's turning 32, and R&B sensation Jasmine Sullivan turning 34, and Dennis Quaid turning 67, and the jeweler, Mark Jacobs turning 58, and Babyface is turning 62, we all got his video game, John Madden turning 85, and Steven Seagal gonna break your wrist, he's turning 69, and... Go, Dust, is turning 52. And we have Summer Walker turning 25. And the UCLA sensation gymnast Caitlin Oashi turning 24. And Al Bundy with the four touchdowns in one game. Ed O'Neill is turning 75. And David Letterman turning 74. And 90210 superstar, Shannon Doherty turning 50. And Andy Garcia turning 65. We have some honorable mentions. Tiny Tim, who passed away in 1996. Would have been eighty-nine this week, and we have all those great novels and video games from Tom Clancy, who passed away in two thousand and thirteen, would have been seventy-four this week, and NBA legend Hall of Famer John Havlicek, who passed away in two thousand and nineteen, would have been eighty-one this week, and Hugh Hefner, who passed away in two thousand and seventeen, would have been ninety-five this week, and finally, Billy Holiday. If you haven't watched your story, go ahead and watch it. It's free right now, streaming. Passed away in nineteen fifty nine would have been a hundred and six this week. Well, that's all of our birthdays this week, guys. Now, back to our show. All right, welcome back to the show. Let's get back for our top picks in the NBA last week. Let's see how we did. Let's see how we did. Last Tuesday, we had Philly versus Denver at home. Denver is riding hot after the trade, and I caught it, and there was no Embiid in that game, and I had Denver winning, and I was right. Later that day, we had Atlanta versus Phoenix. Phoenix is still, for some reason, flying under the radar. Phoenix is still top two team in the league, and they're still flying under the radar. I have Phoenix beating Atlanta. It's going to be a fun game, Chris Paul versus uh what's that kid's name can't remember at this time right now trey young there you go and i knew it was gonna be an entertaining game to watch but i knew Phoenix was gonna pull it off and i was right wednesday milwaukee versus the lakers i knew lakers gonna lose that game they got beat down pretty bad too milwaukee was right i'm sorry milwaukee won and i was right later that day dallas versus boston the mavericks are doing well as well chris dash is back lucas playing like he was playing earlier in the season And Boston has been very consistent. It's time to fire Brad Stevens. I'm going to stay on it until it happens. Brad Stevens is overrated. He is not fit to be a head coach in the NBA. He should be an assistant coach at best or a head coach at a mid-major, like where he came from. Go back to Butler, brother. Dallas won, and I was right. Chicago, with all the moves they made with Busevich and all that team making all the different moves, I thought it'd be an interesting game against Phoenix, but I still knew Phoenix going to win at home, and I was right. Look at that. So far, so good. No losses. Never lost. Got it right. Starting off good. Let's go to Thursday. Thursday, Denver versus the Clippers. I got to stop putting my money on the Clippers, man. I got to remember who Denver did that work to the Clippers in the bubble, and I thought the Clippers going to get some revenge, but... It wasn't ready for Denver. They only show up when they want to show up when it's against the Lakers. We'll talk about that later. Lakers Clippers lost and I was wrong. Next, Golden State versus Miami. I thought Golden State was going to show up, but I think um, the name was hurt. Uh, I did not predict that that, that Steph Curry will be hurt. So Golden State did lose and I was wrong. Friday, Lakers versus the Sacramento Kings. You say, why did I choose this game? Because right now the Kings and Lakers should be apart. Kings were surging. They were on a five-game win streak at the time. I think six and the lakers didn't have all their star players I, you know so i had a feeling i had a feeling
1: ooh, ooh,
0: that the lakers were gonna win that game and on the road and i was right atlanta versus new orleans i had new orleans winning that game but i didn't know that we're gonna have uh um so many injuries on the front so they lost to atlanta and i was wrong next chicago versus utah at home i thought it was just gonna be an exciting game to watch but i knew damn well utah was gonna win and i was right Saturday, Dallas versus D.C. I don't know why I chose D.C. I guess I was thinking maybe they're going to win at home, but I did not know Dallas was going to be doing this well at this period of time. If I would have called it a day before, I would have called Dallas, but I was wrong. D.C. took that L. Next, OKC versus Portland. Portland put a beat down on it. OKC on Saturday. I got it right. I called it Portland with the beatdown over OKC. Next Sunday, the Lakers versus the Clippers. I already knew even if they had Drummond, I said they still gonna lose that game. The Clippers, Clippers like they Clippers get hard up for the Lakers every chance they get, especially when they're injured or hurt. So I said the Clippers gonna win that game, and I was right. Next, Memphis versus Philly. I could have sworn Philly was gonna win this game at home but Memphis is not to be played with. They are flying under the radar. They're going to make the playing game, and they're going to maybe upset somebody. I picked Philly, and I was wrong. Finally, Monday, the Battle of the Bay. You got New York versus Brooklyn. Um, it was a close game. I didn't think it was going to be close. It was close to close game, but they were just playing with them. Only one of their three stars played in the game, and they still edged them out as Brooklyn won, and I was right. Finally, Utah versus Dallas. Like I said before, I didn't see dallas coming like this dallas at home i know they're a good team but damn it utah's been balling but utah's better at home utah lost on the road and i was wrong let's tally up my record for last week i got 10 right and six wrong that's a nice rebound for the last couple of weeks that's looking good over here looking good over here now before we move on with the nba talks let's before we move into all the nba discussions this week we gotta talk about something that's really been pressing Damn, Paul. Not Paul George, but Paul Pierce, man. The other Paul from LA.
1: What the hell was you thinking, brother? The hell? What? Bro, how,
0: how, 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 who raised you? Who raised you, brother? If I'm 40, you at least 42. God, dog. What possessed you to go live with these little girls half your age trying to twerk but can't got nothing to twerk wit smoking that Mary J sipping on that yeah when you work for Mickey Mouse what the hell was you thinking brother I was waiting on the time to say you're going to be fired is this a midlife crisis that your lady leave? I haven't looked up the, 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 the particulars I ain't seen you wear your wedding ring in a while your son just had a birthday Paul the third I, was, did it trigger you, brother? I'm trying to figure this out. Did, did she take the babies? What happened? You got some people online trying to defend it. Oh, this is calculated. What's so calculated by getting fired on your day off, Greg? Come on, man. Come on, man. I used to love when Chris Carter said, come on, man. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, man, but you were the worst adolescent on ESPN. Like, you thought you was better than D-Wade. I still remember, the thing I remember the most is Draymond, (laughs) when Draymond said, they don't love you like that, you thought you, you thought you don't get a Pharaoh tour like Kobe, they don't love you like that, (laughs) I'm trying not to laugh, man, it don't make no sense, it don't make no sense, man, it, I I just, I just don't understand it, why sabotage your career and tarnish your legacy like that, what are you trying to, who are you flexing for, it's the same man who had the struggle beard on every time on countdown, like, dude, you 40 years old, why you got a struggle beard? That's how I knew your wife wasn't in your life because she wasn't telling you to cut your cut that crap off your face like my dad told me when I was a teenager. I got a lovely beard now. But still, man, I I I don't get it. But what the thing is this, let me let me don't dial it, dial it back a little bit. I am someone who dealt with mental health issues. My family has an organization that deals with people with mental health issues. This looks to me as a cry for help in all seriousness. And I pray that this brother gets the help that he needs. Maybe he needs to take away, take a step back from his auxiliaries, as I feel like a lot of his sponsors are going to let him go as well. A lot of times you need to shred it all down, bring the house down to build up a better foundation. So I pray this brother gets the help that he needs. Okay, moving on with the NBA. With the NBA discussions, we're going to focus right now just specifically on the brackets and how that works so we're going to talk a little bit more about the um, play-in games okay we're going to talk about the play-in games so with the play-in games it's let me break it down to you so with seven and ten seven through ten seed right now lakers are hovering right above that seven seed now the way that will work and let's go over the let's go over the seeding real really really quick eastern conference right now brooklyn that's holded by a half a game over philadelphia 76ers uh the the nets right now having a seven and three out of the last 10 games playing pretty good without all their stars throughout the lineup milwaukee third holding strong there after that is a free-for-all top three is pretty solid after that the hawks the heat shot is going to fall down because the done for the season so they may not make it they may at least make the playing game the celtics at seven new york knicks at eight Knicks is only what a game out of eight out of six so they may get out of the playing game spot. Toronto might move up because you have uh, the Pacers at ninth, Chicago Bulls at 10th, and Toronto is only a game out from there. Cleveland's kind of there, but they're not really going to be in it. So let's look for the way it is now. Only team that may fall off. Mm, maybe the Pacers, maybe the Bulls, but the Bulls made some adjustments. So I'll say maybe the Pacers or the Hornets only because they lost LaMelo for the season. And right now they're playing 500 ball. So if the Bulls continue to play well and the Raptors continue to play well, see the Hornets falling off, maybe the Pacers, but I see the Bulls making it in for sure. Let's go down to the Western Conference. Right now, you got the Jazz still, they're just expanding on their league and their differential winning differential is even greater. So even though they're the top team in the league, they're still under the radar. That's crazy. They got a nine point, they almost have a 10 point differential between the games they won and lost. And right now, they're nine out of the last 10. I believe they're 13 out of the last 14 games. These guys are balling. Phoenix Suns are right there with them. Nine out of their last 10. They're on the six game winning streak as we speak, two and a half games back. The Clippers, five and a half games back. That's crazy. There's such a gap between one and two. It's crazy that the Suns are two and Chris Paul's not getting any All Star recognition. These dudes can not even, they went 8-0 in the bubble and still didn't make the playoffs. Still didn't make the play-in. And now they're the second best team in the West? (laughs) And and what they really added was Chris Paul. They got rid of a couple of players, but they got Chris Paul. That's the big difference. OKC, we're going to get to them in a minute. OKC right now is, how far down is OKC? OKC is not in the playoff picture right now. Yeah, OKC. OKC right now is third to last in the league. They lost Chris Paul. And now the Suns are second best in the West, and they added Chris Paul. And you tell me he's not the MVP candidate? You're just going to be just looking at the stats? What about what Steve Nash wanted back in the days over Kobe? He won it. His stats were very mediocre, very pedestrian, but he won. Why can't we do this to Chris Paul? And Chris Paul is up there, the same age as LeBron James. <laughs> okay. All right. Anyways, Denver never moved up this week to fourth position lakers right behind him a half game behind in the fifth position look for that to change when lebron james comes back The lakers probably end up in the third or fourth seed um but they're gonna slide before that happens portland right now is the sixth only a half behind half game behind the lakers so between fourth and seventh it's only a one game difference crazy i'm sorry fourth and sixth. Seventh seed is owned by dallas, dallas has been doing very well lately as they're in a five game winning streak along with those same nuggets Moving right down alone Memphis Grizzlies hold on tight to the eighth position. They have a game and a half, I'm sorry, they have a half game up of San Antonio Spurs, which I didn't expect them to be there, so it looks like they will make the in very comfortably. I don't see them sliding at all. to State holds that tenth spot, but they're only a half game up of the Pelicans. This is going to get real dicey because Sacramento's right there as well. After Sacramento down there in the, what, what is that, the twelfth spot, it's kind of a nice little gap there. Houston's not coming back. Minnesota's done. OKC is virtually done as well this early in the season. So. It's going to be very interesting to see what's going to happen. Um, I remember last week the Sacramento Kings went for five straight, and then they lost four straight. They're five and five in the last ten, and that's not going to help get it done. Okay, so, I'm sorry, New Orleans is also five and five in the last ten, and Golden State after Steph got hurt, it's three and seven, and so are the Spurs, three and seven. So it's a lot of jockeying is going to go on there. We got to see how that's going to happen. Let's go to my Lakers are four and six out of the last ten, but that's to be expected, and their their record. They're I'm sorry, their... Contention. Their, their, their schedule is going to be one of the hardest to finish off the season. So hopefully LeBron comes back in the next week or two. Now, as we talked about those play-in games, seven to 10, the way it works is quite simple. Seven versus eight play each other for the seventh seed. The upper seeds, this will make it simple. The upper seeds, okay, seven, eight plays for the seventh seed. And then nine and 10 are playing for the eighth seed. But they're playing for the rights to play for the eighth seed. Let's break it down. The seventh seed, all they need to do is win one game and they automatically lock in a seventh seed. The eighth seed have to have to beat the seventh seed twice to get that seventh seed. Let's move on down to the ninth and tenth seed. The ninth versus tenth. The ninth only has to win one game to play for the eighth seed. The tenth seed has to win out. They have to win four straight games. Let's break it down. Seven seed don't has to win two games to get the seven seed. The eight seed has to win two games to get the seven seed. The seed, the 7th seed. Um, then the ninth seed has to win three games to get the eight seed, and the ten seed has to win four straight games to get the eight seed. That's how it works. Let's get a scenario. Let's go to the East, because the East is more compelling right now. So, as at the playoffs started today, you have Boston, New York, Indiana, and Chicago. Boston would have to play New York for the seventh seed. If New York won two games before before Boston could win one, New York would then move from the eighth seed to the seventh seed. And now Boston will have to play for the eighth seed. against whoever wins between Indiana and Chicago. Let's say Chicago wins two games and eliminates the Pacers. So now Chicago and Boston will play for that final spot in the playoffs. And once again, Boston only has to win one game. That's how it works. And Chicago will have to win two more games just to get the eighth seed. That's how that works. So the the loser of the seventh and eighth seed bracket, if you will, will then have to play for the eighth seed, and they only have to win once as well. They only have to win one time. So if they, if the seventh or eighth seed wins one game, they'll get seventh or the eighth. I'm sorry. If the seventh seed wins the game, they get the seventh seed. If the eighth seed loses to the seventh seed that one game they get to play and all they have to do is win one game to win the eighth seed once again so it benefits the seventh and eighth seeds already so that they don't feel disadvantaged but then if the teams below them are hungrier and they go on a little streak they get to play in the playoffs it's a beautiful beautiful thing i want to cover this because we're talking about how teams these point guards getting extensions there's only a handful of quality point guards who are going to be free this offseason some have player options some of the young guns are restricted like the trade the trey youngs and uh, um and then also the the lonzo balls and other ones like that um, but then you have the sgas who also i believe is restricted but then you have people like schroeder who's unrestricted and and you we had we had drew holiday who's unrestricted he just got an extension for four years 130 135 million which with bonuses can go up to 160 million that's 40 million a year and we all know schroeder's asking for a big contract he already declined a four-year 86 from the lakers and i didn't understand why the lakers just didn't trade for lonzo because that he, he's a restricted free agent but he would accepted an extension if you gave him four years that same 86 he would have taken it he's shooting three he's shooting lights out he's one of the top perimeter defenders in the league and so is schroeder they're very similar except 6'5, 6566 six, and schroeder 63. and lonzo's coming cheaper than schroeder so why didn't i just trade for him straight up still don't get it, because you're gonna lose Schroeder in the offseason. And I, I predict the Lakers are gonna lose Schroeder in the offseason, because there are only so many guards, most of the top guards are restricted and gonna re-up with their, their current franchises. So if that happens, what I predict, because right now, Phoenix is the second best team in the West, and Chris Paul right now is making over 40 million a season. And he has a player option to increase that to about like 44 or 45 million. I think the one scenario where he will opt out is he'll sign with LeBron and finish his career in L.A. Listen, his family's already out here. (laughs) His family's been out here since he was a Clipper. They never left. Kids go to school out here. Best friends with LeBron since forever. Banana Boat Brothers. I'm telling you, he's going to know He can't even win with that young squad. He come over here, take the pressure off LeBron, be that clutch shooter, create. He's like a better Rondo. He's a better Rondo. (laughs) It'll be great. It can happen. I know he's not gonna turn. It's hard for him to turn out money, but for that scenario, I see it happening. Lakers are not gonna re-up on Schroeder. I will look out for that. That uh, we'll talk about that later as the season progresses or as the season starts coming to an end. That I believe that. Chris Paul, who should have been a Laker way before LeBron, if you remember, was coming from New Orleans, and they they thwarted that trade. And we end up getting AD from New Orleans. It's all coming back full circle. We're going to clean up the mess from David Stern. Well, we're going to take another short break. This is The Time Is Now. Now, you know I can't let you get out of here without hearing my NBA top picks for this coming up week. Let's take a look. Tonight, You got the Lakers versus Toronto. Lakers take, take a nice game time off. But Lakers going to rebound from that butt whooping they took on, on Resurrection Sunday. Lakers versus Toronto. I got Lakers winning on the road. Next, Portland versus the Clippers. I got Portland beating the Clippers at home. The Clippers been good at home lately. Dame Dollar ain't hearing it. He can't stand those boys over here in Clip Town. Next, Philly versus Boston. I got Philly beating Boston on the road. Boston's treading water. And now you got the MVP candidate and Joel Embiid back. I got Philly winning that game. Wednesday, Wednesday, Dallas versus Houston, the battle of Texas, the battle in Texas. I feel like Houston can win that game, but they got too many players hurt and they're tanking, taking for a top pick. I got Dallas Mavericks flying high over Houston Rockets. Next, Utah versus Phoenix. It's been a great game. One versus two, one versus two. Phoenix should win this game at home, I feel like Utah's gonna to be too much. This actually is a coin flip for me, but right now I'm picking Utah, I wouldn't be surprised if Phoenix wins this game. Thursday, the Lakers versus Miami. It's, it's a re, it's a re or, or a culmination or reunited or the Miami versus Lakers series from the finals last season. Miami's gonna go ahead and sweep the Lakers this year. Miami beat them earlier this year with a nail biter. They're gonna beat them again. Miami's gonna win at home. Phoenix versus the Clippers. I got Phoenix beating the Clippers at home. Phoenix is too good. Next, Milwaukee versus Dallas. I got Dallas beating Milwaukee at home. Dallas is strong. Milwaukee could win that game, but I feel like Porzingis is going to put up beat that. Porzingis is the key. Porzingis is going to put up over 30 points this game and over 10 rebounds. Watch. Portland versus Utah. Got Utah beating Portland. Another good, great matchup. Another great matchup. I got Utah beating Portland at home. No one complaining that altitude over there in Utah. Friday, got one game pick, D.C. versus Golden State. Westbrook versus Steph. I think Steph will be back by then. I got Russell Westbrook, who's been balling, putting up triple-doubles left and right. Stephen A. done pissed him off. I got Russell Westbrook beating Golden State. Saturday, one game pick, Lakers versus Brooklyn in Brooklyn. It would have been a good game if LeBron was there, but it's still going to be a great game. I bet you are going to be on primetime TV. I'm going to say Brooklyn's going to beat the Lakers pretty handily, even if they only have one all-star there sunday boston versus denver i got denver beating boston boston not looking too great denver at home is a problem the altitude is too much for people next miami versus portland dame dollar all the time at home my money's on dame Dallas. they're starting to get fans back over there in portland at a sizable amount now monday clippers versus new york i got the clippers beating the knicks in new york in madison square garden finally philly versus dallas philly on the road versus dallas Another coin flip coin flip. But with Embiid, I can't see Dallas doing much with Embiid down there. I think NB gonna give him like 35 and 12 and like five assists. I see Embiid having an MVP showing in that game. All right, that's it for this week. We're gonna take another short break. This is the time is now. do not own the rights to this music. Nobody
1: does it better Nobody does it better They can come closer than close, yeah Original, they never will be. We've from coast to coast. Yeah, yeah. We just trying to make you see. Nobody does it better. I'm sitting here trippin', my mind is blocked. Nate Dog just did it, so it's time to concoct. No one can do it better like this two man crew. They say we won't hit quit us.
2: Now, what y'all gonna do?
1: Always into something, that's my name Only out for money, hey, cause that's the game People always ask me why I'm out for scratch He who has the most is he who won the match Strike one, me and they dog is a match Strike two, leave them standing still in their track. Strike three, you can call us 213 It's the L and the B that makes me act like a G My exhibition started back in 93 When wasn't nobody listening but warning me To all the non-believers now, I bet you see Nobody does it better than me. They can come closer than close, yeah. Original, they never will be. We bump it from coast to coast, yeah. We just tryna make you see. Nobody does it better. They call me Jesus, the spark plug, keeping it lit. There's no accident for these platinum hits So when we make it, you show love Banging in your club Hanging with your thugs Giving up g Do you remember back on the east side When all of us niggas used to love to ride We didn't care what we did Time was nothing to us, we were just kids Times are different now but you still get stuck I'm not a kid no more, I just don't give a fuck So if you really think you wanna step to me Keep this in mind, nobody does it if better than me Closer than close, yeah Original they never will be We bump it from coast to coast, yeah, yeah. We just to make you see Nobody does it better Wow, make you say go now Hot rap singles on the charts now Got a baby, so I'm breaking hearts now On your mark, get set, it starts now All you pimp player hustlers now, you know You can't keep me out once you crack the dough Either join the team or flee. Nobody does it better than me They can come closer than close Yeah Original they never will be We bump it from coast to coast, yeah. We just trying to make you see. Nobody does it better. Nobody. Fuck this shit. Fuck it. Can't go nowhere without getting all shot up and shit. I've been so Wasn't it you couldn't do shit? How you feel now? What set you from you look like one of them cringe old mafia motherfuckers? No, you probably want to enroll in 60s, huh? <laughs> huh? Well, at
2: 63, we have a possible 187 in blue VW at of Florence and Vermont. Again, a possible 187 in blue VW at-
1: Stay out of trouble. You gentlemen have a nice evening, man. Huh?
2: And literally, I remember the re- most recent time I was at UCLA. UCLA, you get pulled over over there, you better have that camera recording because they don't play no games. But the guy pulled me over at gunpoint, a black cop, and he was like, Is this a stolen vehicle? I'm like bro relax like just come check out my registration and get my driver license is this a stolen vehicle, and then when he saw it was me he said oh Romeo Miller, oh you good I thought you was just some random black dude and I'm wow. like. Oh. And the scary thing for me is it's scary because my brother I don't care you don't have to be no random black dude my brothers ain't famous you know, they bigger than me, they six, four, six, five, these guys intimidated by black men. And it's like, I have little brothers that literally look like grown men. And it's like, what are they going to go through when they don't realize, oh, I know you from TV. So you're not a threat or this or that. It's sad that we're looked at as a threat because of the skin of our, our, uh, the color of our skin, but it is real. I've been through that situation too many times.
0: That was Nobody Does It Better by Nate Dogg and Warren G. Keeping it West Coast this week. You just heard some audio excerpts from Boys in the Hoods, that scene with a black officer who was harassing Cuban Gooden Jr.'s character. Um, We had a story, another audio from Little Romeo and his incident with the UCLA police. And was also another black officer harassing another black man. And that's a true life story. And that brings me on my topic. Or my soapbox I should say this week. And I'm trying to temper myself. Like I said before I have some of my best friends are police officers. But it sounds like when people say I'm not racist I have black friends. Well here we go. As I continue to watch. And I shouldn't say even really watch as I continue to hear about this Chauvin case and the fact that, I mean, I know we all do to a due process, but we have video of it all. And it's not just Chauvin, but he's the main one on tape. And he's the one who's d- d- giving the the killing blow or, or, or the guillotine or, or the the killing method. Everyone else is holding him down. They're all complicit because they're not stopping him. And just to hear the testimonies other witnesses forgive me give me a moment and no i'm not getting emotional in this in the sense of i got tears like i had before in other shows nah man those who know me they know i suppress a lot of anger you have the clerk who's an african-american young male who said he felt Sorry, he felt responsible because he's like, all this for a $20 bill? If I'd have known this was gonna happen, I would have never called the police. Another story of people in our community afraid to even call the police because they're supposed to be there to serve and protect. But in this instance, they sought after and murdered. You have the other gentleman who was a UFC fighter who told the police officer like, you know, put that gun down or knock your teeth down. and how the attorney tried to attack him and put him on trial, try to say he was an angry black man. The, the police should've been in fear. So that's to justify why they killed another black man because they were in fear. Like, what are you talking about? So what do you have to say about the other lady who was there? Who's not black and she tried to give some form of aid. But she was denied. And George Floyd was denied. And if you remember me saying this before, I talked about it in that show when I just went off on, I believe it was called America and the home of the free. And I talked about how this is not going to end well. I talked about how he's going to eventually get off, if anything, now get a lesser charge. Nothing that's indicative of the murder he committed. And, and and they're not even allowed to bring up his past, how he's had a murderous past and a violent past, but they want to continue to bring up the past of the witnesses and even George Floyd. And why is it that when we are killed and unarmed that it seems like the dead who cannot speak for themselves are on trial? See, the glaring fact in all this is that this is caught on tape and the whole world saw it. And like I said in the show before, when this is all said and done, Like Rodney King, they burned it down. Well, this is gonna happen nationwide, believe that. And I'm just getting everyone to get to a point where you get ready. Because if I look around the landscape and I see how they're finally having some form of, as Chris Rock said before, bullet control. Because please believe it's easy as hell to make bullets. So if you're not well-versed, like many of my brothers and sisters are not in making your own bullets, you're gonna have a problem. They're selling guns, yeah, but they're not selling. His, a, a, go anywhere, ammo's low. Why is that? They're doing bullet control. They're preparing themselves because people who've been waiting for this war, if you or you will, the people who've been legally buying rifles and the ones who are out here doing all the mass shootings, they got mad ammo. They got a they, they got a fortress of of machinery. So all y'all need to get careful. You need to go on YouTube and learn how to make your own ammunition because something's about to hit the fan. And when things hit the fan and martial law begins, you need to be ready. Because this thing is about to blow all these different actions and things that we've seen happen over the years and years of my people getting killed and for what getting harassed even the police officers who are black have been brainwashed to believe that the brothers and the people who look like them are their enemy even myself growing up in the situations I grew up in looking at looking over my shoulder paranoid then somebody's gonna try to carjack me. So I got to grow up paranoid that they going to try to jack me. I got to grow up paranoid that the police going to try to harass me. I got to be paranoid if I'm even going to make it home that day. And for what? This nation's messed up, man. It's messed up. Where can I go to get some peace? Can't go in the hood. Can't go to Beverly Hills. You don't fit. As I told y'all before When I was on my college campus I got pulled over Because I didn't fit They thought I was a drug dealer Harassed Pulled over on the curb If I would've bucked a little bit They would've shot me dead And for what? I was a black man On a white campus? Listen man This is <laughs> Starting to tick me off This this might be like The, the, the movie 300 We might have to mob on them as we have the minority numbers and they sit there and they try to come down on us but then the rest of the nations all of our other brothers and sisters who have spread across this nation this world because of the slave trades over down in the caribbean over down in south america over there still back in africa in europe in australia we're spread across this world and when they see what you do to persecute their brothers and sisters and you try to kill us off like you try to be killing us off since we first entered this country over 400 years ago they might rise up like the phoenix And stop all this BS is going on in this nation with all the bigotry and hate and killing us like like we're not even important, like we're not even human. That's what this is about. We're less than human to them. That's why they can do what they do and continue to do it and keep getting away with it. The fact that this attorney can come up here and try to set things straight and try to make it as if to justify why you can kill an unarmed black man for no damn reason. Why do you think this continue to happen? Why do you think this is? They teach courses on this. Why do you think I'm afraid to raise a son in this nation? Because when a black man is seen, he's looked at as a threat. They saw a video this other day of this this five-year-old child being harassed by the police. Looked at as a threat. Unarmed black man. Not even a man, just a child. For some odd reason. But you know what? figured it out we are the original kings of this earth and like the lady said on the excerpt I played months ago they said America better be lucky that we're looking for equality and not retribution the fear that they have black men don't know their own power and once they tap into that power, because they know firsthand when the Moors and all those other black kings of the nations beforehand, what they were capable of doing. So they're doing everything in their power to put their thumb on you to make sure you never rise up again. Erased you of your heritage and your, and your history, changed your name, trying to race you out, stomp you out and make you subjugate to them. And that moment you figure out your true power, They know the time is done. So what I say to you is to look inside yourselves. Tap into the source. Centralize yourself with the universe and become the kings and queens that you are made to be. Tap into your power and rise up like you're supposed to. The time is now to make a stand and go against all these things we've been dealing with for all these centuries. Tap into your higher power and show them you are not to be messed with. Until next time. Hmm. Well that's it this week guys. Once again appreciate all my faithful listeners. Appreciate you guys for listening to the show week after week after week. So I give you my takes on how things how I see it in the world of sports and also how I see it and my own soapbox and my social issues that I continue to this- Point out and look at and things of that nature. So, thank you all for sticking with me. Um, remember to like, share, and of course, of course, subscribe. Now it's time for our final word, brothers and fathers. Listen now to my defense. When they heard him speak to them in Arabic, they became very quiet. Then Shaul said, "I am a Jew, born in Tarsus of Cilicia." but brought up in this city. I studied under Gamaliel and was thoroughly trained in the law of our ancestors. I was just as zealous for God as any of you are today. I've persecuted the followers of this way to their death, arresting both men and women and throwing them into prison as the high priest and all the council can themselves testify. I've even obtained letters from them to their associates in Damascus and went there to bring those people as prisoners to Jerusalem to be punished. About noon as I came near Damascus, suddenly a bright light from heaven flashed around me. I fell to the ground and heard a voice say to me, Shaul, Shaul, why do you persecute me? Who are you Lord? I asked. I am Yeshua of Nazareth whom you are persecuting, he replied. My companion saw the light but they did not understand the voice of him who was speaking to me. What shall I do, Lord? I asked. Get up, the Lord said, and go into Damascus. There you will be told all that you have been assigned to do. Acts 22, 1 through 10. Remember to spread love, share love, embrace love for God is love. Until next time, peace.